live from our respective abodes. Welcome to the Brown Sports Convos Podcast, Zoom edition number four. My name is Samuel Reek, coming at you from Little Rock, Arkansas. And I'm with me. Uh, I'm Ethan Jobson. I'm in Lake Hill, New York. Yeah, and today we have a couple of topics because sports are happening, for better or worse. It may not be well advised, but sports are happening. And the number one sport that's happening right now is the NBA, as they are preparing for their bubble reopening in the ESPN Wide World of Sports Complex uh, in Orlando, Florida, around Disney World. Um, Yeah, Ethan, how are you feeling about this? Because I got some thoughts that I will share. Well, we were talking before uh, the pod, and I think I was kind of on it before and I think you even convinced me a bit more that uh it, it's not a great uh it's not the smartest decision right now you know um I think it's so weird to talk about sports or look at the honestly the future in a lot of ways right now even as college students because so much is up in the air everything's changing like uh day to day week to week and we can really see that with the fact that The whole bubble idea and the idea of doing it in Florida sounded okay a few weeks ago. And then Florida became like the hot spot of the country. And then it became, oh, maybe it's not feasible to do like what a real bubble would be, like a complete uh, self-contained environment. And now it's just looking more and more uh, sketchy by the day. And I don't know what's going to happen. We'll have to see if they manage it, but they're just... Uh, a lot of risks that could come out of this and that could be really concerning for both the long-term future of the NBA, but just like, I don't know, all the people involved more importantly. Yeah. I, um, I have some pretty strong feelings about this. I don't think that the NBA's plan is nearly as airtight as they presented it. Um, First and foremost, there have been numerous health experts who have commented on this not saying outright that it's a bad idea, but more that it's an experimental thing in concept alone. So the concept is you have a bunch of NBA players who are isolating themselves in hotel rooms in this complex, no exchange with the outside world, no going outside for barbershop, haircuts, things like that. And the only real contact they have is for practices and games, you know? Um, And even that in concept is an interesting idea. Oh, and the key component of it is that they're going to be testing the players every day for the coronavirus uh, and isolating them in the event that they test positive. So even that in concept is a little interesting. It's a little experimental because basketball is a high contact sport. They are sweating a lot. They are respirating a lot. There is very hard breathing in any given NBA game. Um, So even if you're testing the players every day, if at any point they contract it, right, you are talking about a likelihood of a major outbreak because simply because of the nature of what basketball games and basketball practices are. Um, you know, we, we don't know exactly how fast this thing spreads uh, once you contract it, like how long it takes for it to get into a, a state where it can be spread, but we do know it spreads fast once it starts spreading. Um, and basically you're talking about, you're not talking about like 
if you test these players every day and they accidentally spread it to one or two other players, we're talking about like, it's, it's entirely possible. Entire teams can get infected in one day um, if, if there's any outbreak at all. So in concept alone, there are some concerns. We don't know for sure how that's going to play out. And that's why people have called it an experiment more than anything. But it is an experiment and it shouldn't be presented as like this airtight idea that's going to protect the players no matter what. The other side of it is the implementation of this bubble idea doesn't really seem to be a bubble. Okay, so the, the staff at this, uh, the Disney staff that's going to be working at these bubble sites, so the hotels and the arenas, uh, changing the towels and, and cleaning the floors and all of that, they're not going to be required to quarantine. So the way that the NBA has provided for this is they're going to face these strict policies regarding like, oh, you got to be wearing masks, you got to be wearing gloves, you have to be social distancing, you have to uh, constantly be checked, not, not tested, but checked for symptoms and temperature. But we know that you can be asymptomatic for up to two weeks before you contract, or uh, after you contract this thing, before you start showing symptoms. Uh, and we do know that when these viral particles are on a given surface, like if, if they get there at all, they can stay there for up to like 24 hours, 48 hours, depending on what the surface is. And so there, there are still risks associated with that. And yet again, another risk is that Disney World is opening up to customers. Like they're doing a soft reopening over the next couple of weeks. That, um, that, is, that is absolutely nuts to me. Like that is, so, beyond yeah. anything else, that literally blows my mind. Uh, I, not to say that any of these other concerns aren't valid, but that's the one thing that I, makes me completely lose my mind. With right. This. Look at the state of, of Florida right now. Look at how much of a hotbed of coronavirus activity it is at this point. And consider who these customers are going to be because there are restrictions on travel. So you're not talking about foreign customers who are coming from countries where the coronavirus is all but eliminated. We're talking about Floridians, pretty much. We're talking about people who have a high likelihood of having had come into contact with the virus over the past, like up to two weeks before they, they showed up there. And so the plan is, all right, look, NBA players are just going to stay in their hotels and at the practice facilities and play games. And that's pretty much all they're going to do. We're going to cater food to them. We're going to make sure they never have to leave their room if they don't want to, you know, or for, for, for non-job uh, related purposes. But look, it's unclear if this is the case right now, but there are, there are cases where people bought like reserved Disney hotel tickets in advance, these same hotels where the players are going to be staying. And those tickets haven't been canceled yet. I, I think part of the reopening is that they're going to be allowed to stay in those hotels as well, which is a major concern. Are you telling me there's going to be no possibility for exchange uh, for transmission through that with these Floridian customers? Like, it, it just seems like the NBA has been kind of unwilling to face the limitations they're planned and adjust from there. Because I think the idea made more sense in May when Florida was not the epicenter mm -hmm. and when everything else was closed. It was the idea that, like, okay, this place that's being unused anyway, we'll just be strict, have this uh, just a limited amount of people here for now until the season ends, which I, I assumed they were going straight into the playoffs. and. I have no idea why they decided not to. Uh, and for a limited amount of time, they just used it to finish out the season. But it's like so much has changed in the world, as I've been saying since yeah. then, that 
I think it's kind of amazing that like they're just gonna go full steam ahead. Like at this okay. point, what was, yeah, what were you saying? Oh, so I, I was just gonna say, as we're, I think the planning of how many games they're gonna play is related to a few different things. So there's a lot of contractual obligations that are going on in the NBA. So we're talking about teams with their local TV networks. They have local TV deals that are for a certain number of games in a season. And so I think the NBA wants to allow those teams to recoup those uh, contracts in some way. We're talking about national TV contracts. So ESPN, TNT, ABC, uh, it's likely that it's gonna, ESPN is gonna benefit from this a lot given that it is on their campus. Um, but right, so there, there's a contract that they have to try to fulfill there. The other thing is that we have players who had a certain number of regular season games that they needed to finish to, uh, to complete their contracts, right? Um, and I don't remember the exact number, but there were some like tens of millions of dollars that were going to be left on the table that players would not be um, able to earn if we if the NBA didn't allow there to be like even eight more regular season games, right? Uh, and the other aspect of it, apart from the contractual part, is like the basketball aspect of it is, this is a physically intensive sport. And we have seen multiple times, if you don't play basketball, like if an NBA player doesn't play high level basketball or even like any, the intensity level of basketball for a certain period of time, it is a heightened injury risk for them. Um, so we saw that with people who were rehabbing from certain Im injuries, obviously, like uh, Kevin Durant comes to mind uh, during last year's finals. But mm -hmm. we've also seen this in other respects as well, you know, uh, people who basically took the summer off and came back and had to play into shape. So, quote and unquote, um, for a couple of months. So I think that the NBA does want the playoffs to be like this TV spectacle. And so they want to give the players the time to sort of play back into shape, right? Um, shocked, though, that they can't figure something out with all these money issues and that if so, all these things are legitimate concerns for the different interests, but mm -hmm. aren't they thinking about, like, if, like, a major outbreak happens right during, like, the middle of the conference finals, they have to shut down again, they're not going to be able to resume, and yeah. just they're going to take such a PR hit. If something very serious happens, they're going to probably, think, for the PR reasons, like the last league to resume after that. I, I just, it seems like it would pay so much more dividends to get your ducks in a row and do this, this thing responsibly, even if there are some issues that arise in terms of money or whatever. Because, like, for example, I thought so far, uh, now, obviously, they have been able to avoid having to actually play games so a lot of grain of salt there but the NFL handled this really well to my mind uh, in terms of how they handled free agency in the draft how they uh, managed to basically do what an entertainment business needs to and to keep the attention on them while doing everything safely and the NBA and I think we'll get into this more uh, later like the MLB and other leagues have really botched this in comparison to me yeah I would agree um I think part of this is I think part of this is that these leagues expected that by the time they would be able to reopen 
things would have gone better in this country, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah. they haven't, you know? <laughs> We're supposed to flatten the curve and, I mean, the curve flattened out in terms of the, the rate, but it's like, all right, we still have a good and amount of people getting infected every day. It's not going down at all. The problem, oh. too, is that even if the curve is flattened in the, as a country in the whole, in the country as a whole, I should say, uh, this country is made up of regions. It's a big country. So mm -hmm. there are a lot of places that are, people talk about the second wave, but there are a lot of places that just weren't getting the first wave yet, and now they're getting it. That's the problem with uh, trying to uh, talk about things in a nationwide scale. You know, because like I'm in New York. New York is doing pretty well now. Oh, I think because they had a really, they had the worst first wave earliest. And now uh, that has kind of passed them by. Whereas Florida didn't have it that bad. And now they're kind of getting what New York was getting a couple months ago. Yeah, I think the insistence on the location. Um, and I, I, I confided this to you earlier, but I do think that the insistence on the ESPN complex is related to um, some deals they made with ESPN and Disney, uh, if I had to guess. Um, just to mention it, um, the NWSL, the, uh, the first American team sport, I believe, to come back, and they have their own bubble. It's in Utah, which is a very different environment. Mm -hmm. It's a, not a lot of cases yet, although, as I said, it, maybe it'll get there eventually but also it's very you know spread out uh not not a lot of big population centers there uh that more and more it seems like the nba would have been better off somewhere like that like basically somewhere if they could find like somewhere vaguely in the middle of nowhere than where the, what they're trying to do now but i don't know what uh, you, you think yeah, no, I, I think the location's a real problem, and I would be a lot more comfortable with the scenario were it literally anywhere else but Florida. Um, but I think that, I think they're set on the location. I don't think that's going to change. I think they have made deals with Disney for promotional reasons, for the fact that there are a good number of courts there, so they can have simultaneous games. Um, and the housing that's available through the, the rooms. I also think that they want to give their players a certain degree of luxury because these are multimillionaires and Disney's capable of providing that. Um, so I don't think the location's going to change, and I think it's a real problem. Um, the other aspect of it is there are numerous high-risk individuals entering that bubble. So you're talking about head coaches who are in their 50s, 60s, 70s in some cases. Um, you're talking about players with respiratory problems like JaVale McGee. Uh, you're talking about players who have young children like Jason Tatum, who uh, his kid isn't going to be entering the bubble, but like, you know, what happens if he gets sent home uh, like around that time? Like it's, it's, It's concerning. I think there's a lot of ways that this can go wrong and only a few ways it can go right. I'll put it like that, you know? Yeah. Now, speaking of a lot of ways something can go wrong and very little chance of going right, you want to talk about baseball? <laughs> possibly even more clear-cut than this situation we're talking about. Uh, 
So if anyone has not been paying attention to baseball, which I think this country has been not doing for like eight years now, if not decades longer, uh, baseball seemed like they might have a oh, – they had not started their season yet, but it seemed like they might have an opening towards uh, re, uh, starting beyond that. And that they compared to like the NBA or other or sports uh, are relatively low contact, mostly played outdoors. Um, and then the uh, MLB decided that they were going to try to uh, build the players out of the money they had agreed to in the late March. And there was this protracted labor fight that took up tons of time and they wasted tons of opportunity to come back. Uh, until they finally recently agreed to a 60-game season, which the entire idea I thought of why, uh, like, the entire idea of a bubble, to my mind, has to be based around doing it for, like, a limited amount of time just because, like, you can't keep people cooped up for, like, that long, away from their families and everything. I thought the entire reason that baseball couldn't do it was because they had to do their entire season. If they only have to do a 60-game season – now, I don't even see why they can't do a uh, bubble them themselves, um, but they're not, they're not apparently. And so they're going to be traveling around all in order to do a 60-game season, um, and which I think no one sees as legitimate. Uh, they've already had, I think, like the Phillies had a bunch of players test positive. I, and uh, the commissioner of baseball completely botched the uh, – um, PR saying first that there was definitely going to be a season, then saying, no, I actually don't think there's going to be a season, then just mandating a season like way worse than what the fans or players wanted. The NBA, I'll give you that there is not much chance that everything works out well. If the MLB has almost ensured that even if things like quote unquote go well, uh, it's they still look terrible coming out of this. So I, I don't know if even if we, sh what there is to discuss other than how did they screw this up so bad? I, I've been hearing uh, some things coming out of that, that side of sports Twitter, uh, mostly people complaining about the commissioner. And it sounds like neither side is happy, right? So there's the baseball fans who are probably advocating for the reopening of America right now, uh, who are like, why isn't the MLB coming back with all hundred something games that it normally does, right? Um, and well, there are people. Hmm? Obviously, yes, there are those people. But there are also people, I think, like me, who are mm -hmm. saying, uh, who are noticing that the owners did not say, oh, we're doing the shortened season uh, and we're doing it like in a bubble or like. I, I, an idea I had was like maybe they could do it in some of these AAA parks that are close to standard like MLB stadiums are already you know like uh not uh totally like standard and some of those AAA uh stadiums would be in pop areas with like less population that have less uh cases less of a risk but no the, the MLB just wanted to get as much money as they could mm -hmm. in a short amount of time and have just made themselves look like greedy assholes in the process Oh, that's absolutely what it is. I I would totally agree. I think what we're seeing is 
what we're seeing is people in these leagues looking at leagues from around the world in countries where the response was immediate and the response was comprehensive and you actually saw a flattening of the curve you actually saw a tapering off of cases yeah europe european soccer is coming back even those uh countries that were harder hit you know mm-hmm. also they, they they um they have a real healthcare system there you know uh, i think obviously that's been a political issue for a long time but i think now it's pretty apparent to see that's just a a fact because you're just seeing how other places were able to bounce back and how that bleeds into sports that's how society works it's all connected yeah i i saw the you know there was that video of the of new zealand like with the with all the people in the stadium and they were they were cheering and they were super happy and people were like look at this why can't we get back to this and the answer is because new zealand took care of it they took care of themselves and they don't have new cases anymore. And we're, we're still rising in some areas of the country in terms of cases. So it is still a danger. It is still something that will affect people's livelihoods for a, for a while, a long time. And I don't think that the sports leagues are prepared to deal with that reality just based on how they've been responding. Um, yeah, it's so clear that they want things to be like they are other places in the world but the simple reality is it's not and i think that you know i would have a lot of respect for any major sports league in this country right now that would acknowledge that things are not where they need to be to yeah. safely reopen their leagues in a lot of cases especially not on a national scale like the mlb is doing you know it's one thing if it's in one area and you're keeping the players all together and like at least you're beholden to the the whims of just that one country or that one part of the country. I think that's exactly it's exactly what you said. Or the MLB is going is trying to say like, oh well, Europe is they're traveling everywhere, uh, so why can't we? Well, one, just because they're doing it doesn't mean it's the safest thing in the world. Two, they've handled it a lot better than us. And three, like Europe, all these countries are just a lot smaller. Like there, there's just you can't just project on one scenario onto another. Like, like the U.S. is a completely different country in how it's structured geographically and just in so many ways. So, yeah, I, I, I really, I don't have a lot of respect for the MLB right now if I ever did. It's- yeah, it is a weird scenario for everyone. And I think that the hard part is like, you know, I, to some extent, I don't even blame them because it's hard to grapple with the reality that the rest of the world is almost ready to go back to normal, so to speak. Um, and in some places, they, they pretty much are. And it may be a new normal, but it is a kind of normal. And what that looks like for their entertainment industry is what that looks like for uh, their sports leagues. But in America, like we're still grappling with the idea that things have to be a new normal, that things have to change. And that has impacted everything from our sources of entertainment to our livelihoods. Um, and I, I can see how it's tough for people to deal with that reality, but it is the reality. Um, and I would say like, what comes next 
really depends on how honest with themselves these leagues are willing to be. And I don't think they are. I just want to say one more thing before uh, we move on from the, you know, COVID related topics, NFL. Okay. Roger Goodell. If you're, I guess this, this is a bit of a two cent except in the, I don't know if we're ending right now. I'm just, uh, I, I just want, I just want to make one request. Okay. Roger Goodell. If you're listening to this, First of all, I, I'm really surprised by that. This, this would be very interesting to know that Roger Goodell spends his time listening to uh, the college students' sports podcast. <laughs> Remote that, version, no less. We, we've, we've just been roasting and toasting all these other leagues. You actually might, for once, have the ability to look like the smart one in the room of all the major sports coming out of this. Just, it's, if you... The NFL just moves back its season a bit, plays spring football, something that has been kind of this romantic ideal uh, that uh, has been tried for decades now. Uh, uh, what you wait until uh, there is like a higher probability there's a vaccine, play a calendar of spring next year. You can end around like late May, have a, a shortened off season for the next time and start like this next season like a little late, but around the same time. Roger, you don't have to be a meme anymore. You could actually get respect. You could actually have the NFL be seen as the smart adults in the room. This is your opportunity. All you have to do is just not trip over yourselves doing it. Come on, I believe in you. Not really, but I would like that, that would just be a fitting end to the, this era of America is that the the NFL world being turned upside down. Yes. Roger anyway. Goodell making a salient decision for the benefit of his players. Yeah. Yep. Speaking of the world being turned upside down, because I'm great at transitions, have we heard the other news out of the NFL? Uh, a little more, uh, <laughs> more normal in that it's about you know New England getting a a new pretty good quarterback yeah yeah not related to like societal issues really but nuts in that cam newton you can relate this to societal issues cam newton in new england (laughs) yeah yeah there were some great memes on twitter you know uh uh twitter's uh sports fans do not have high opinions of uh boston sports fans honestly which it has been a rough couple of weeks for Boston sports fans. Uh, not not in terms of the news directly like hurting us, but in terms of public perception. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of these Boston sports talk radios uh, types have have been coming out of the woodwork, especially after the Cam Newton signing, uh, mm-hmm. in a in a not very flattering fashion. Yep, yep. You know, but- I think that. Boston sports Twitter's uh, biggest win was last year in 2019. Uh, ben Shapiro was talking about how Kobe was great in the 2012-2013 season. And they said, hey, I have no stake in this. I'm a Celtics fan. And immediately all the Celtics fans on Twitter were like, were like oh, we do not claim this man. Like, oh, he is not, not a real Celtics fan, you know? Nope, um, not been having a good couple weeks either. <laughs> yeah. Oh man! Golly. Anyway, anyway, I 
I do have to say that I have to give Bill Belichick credit. I was I was very smug this offseason talking about how everyone was giving Bill Belichick too much credit. If the, uh, if the Patriots went in with the current roster, they're going to be a lot worse than people were uh, acting like they'd be. I, I was feeling very good about how the AFC East was going to be, how it was finally going to be competitive and fun. And then, of course, we find out that the Patriots do what the Patriots always do, and they somehow manage to get the steal of the offseason. Got Cam Newton for like $2 million in base salary for one year. Former MVP. The last healthy season was like one of his best seasons in the league uh, besides his MVP season. And I, I'm just sad now. I'm sad. I, 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 I don't this is bad it's like at worst what at worst they'll have like the matt castle season where they're like good but not like on the edge of the playoffs and they have cam for like a couple like fine years and at worst it's like i don't know at least a half decade more of them (laughs) i don't know if i can handle it uh, look, Brown hasn't really told us yet what the plan for going back to school is, but in the event that over the next couple of years uh, we are on campus, I look forward to seeing David and all these other Patriot fans' reactions to uh, further Super Bowls in the future. This was and, like David's, like, uh, of all the scenarios i think this was like the best that could have happened with david and uh in terms of replacing brady at quarterback i I was just thinking about it you couldn't legitimately make the case that they upgraded at quarterback over the offseason not because tom brady isn't great but just because he's getting really old how old is he now he's like 42 43 right 43 i think it was gonna be 43 this coming season and like he's managed to do pretty well for like what a 43 year old uh, would be doing, but like, okay, Cam Newton at best, Jarrett Sidham at best is like people, like salty people like me's version of Tom Brady where I'm like, oh, he just, he's just a system quarterback, he can make those short passes. Obviously, even though I want, I'd love to say it, it's crap. Tom Brady is great and can do so much more than that. Cam Newton is a different kind of quarterback He's not the guy who makes the, like, deep – he's not a deep threat. But he makes up for that by having – like, I don't think Bill Belichick has ever had a dual-threat quarterback like him. And having that ability as well as, like – he, I'm sure uh, McDaniels and Belichick uh, are seeing what Norv Turner did with him uh, in 2018. Like, just doing the short passing game with the, like, kind of, like – unexceptional weapons and then being able to be the uh mix in a few like quarterback runs the same way that Brady could mix in a few like deep balls obviously this isn't like there's still a lot of weaknesses with this Patriots team but like this is not fun this is (laughs) speak for yourself I'm enjoying this a lot as a spectator oh man I (laughs) I will say that at the very least, now there would have been, like, even though I would have celebrated it 
there would have been something missing if the Patriots just totally went down the toilet. Like, Cam Newton at least is, like, talented enough and has set, done enough dumb shit that, like, I can still find a way to, like, hate him and hate the I hate that franchise and still keep my, like, jealousy of what that franchise has accomplished going a, a little longer. And maybe that's a good thing, but I kind of – I really wish they would just have gone two and fourteen, and I could laugh at them. I was so <laughs> no such luck, I'm afraid. Um, yeah, I I think those are that's a good place to um, transition into our yeah. two cent finishes because uh, that's pretty much what we've been doing anyway, and yeah. Yeah. this is a this is a good chance for that. Um, yeah, I got some stuff. If you have some stuff too, that's that is totally cool. Uh, do you want to go first? I can as well. Sure, I'll go first. One, I might, I might have some new... It's, it's taken me a while. I've been working on this project for a little bit. I might have some new content coming out soon in terms of like articles on the site. Uh, it's, I, 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 I don't know that I feel exactly proud of what I did, but I definitely know it's something substantial at least. It's... Uh, you guys will have to see it, but it involves, you know, like kind of in-depth analytics about things that no one ever cared about, as well as laughing at the pain of other sports fans. So I think that that might be fun for everyone, but we'll see. We'll see what you guys think. And two, uh, as you guys know, I'm a Brooklyn Nets fan. Uh, things are kind of weird right now. It's been a weird season, and now it's like they're basically tanking. I don't know. It, Assuming the season happened, like finishes, who the hell knows? But it's been reported by Woj that uh, the Nets are, cons- are probably just going to go with Jack Vaughn uh, as their permanent head coach, their interim head coach. I definitely see the advantages of going promoting within an organization. We obviously have the Phil Jackson uh, example, how that can go right. I think that it's worth kicking the tires on some candidates as a Nets fan. I think Dave Jorger, I think Kevin Durant has said some great things about him. Remember, he was pretty successful, one of the more successful uh, coaches uh, coaching against uh, the Warriors at their peak, and that's kind of what the NBA has become. I think he'd be a really great fit. He had didn't really have any superstars. I, it depends on your how charitable you are to Mark Gasol, but he's handled like contending teams with really great players before. I think. He's worth just. I think it's worth just like trying a few who candidates before you jump straight to the uh, Vaughn. Although I, I have respect for him too. Just Nets. Just keep your think about him. You could think about uh, a lot of uh, uh, coaches that have had some success um, in head coaching before. I'm just saying Nets. I know it's a weird time right now. Just. Everyone is kind of considering, like, all the possibilities and everything is up in the air. Just keep your mind open, too. That's just my thoughts. Very cool. Uh, You talked about your Nets. I can talk about the Celtics a bit. Uh, You know, news recently came out that Gordon Hayward will likely be leaving the bubble if the Celtics are still in the playoffs uh, around September, which is when his newest child is uh, projected to be born. And so he, he's going to be helping his wife out with that and 
obviously taking paternal leave is a real good thing. Um, that being said, Hayward leaving, while it would be a, a blow certainly to the depth of the wing position for Boston, he would also be one of the only ones who is not entering because so far every Celtic has said that they will be entering the bubble. None of them have made any indication that they would leave for, uh, for any reason other than Hayward uh, more recently. We know that Smart has already contracted the virus as well as two other Celtics players that were not specified. Um, and although we don't know how, how effective immunity is because we have seen double infections, we do know that if you've been infected once, there is a lower likelihood of you getting infected again. Um, I think that we talk a lot about asterisk seasons and this would be the biggest asterisk of all, which is, wow, the entire league shut down for two months and like a good number of players we're not able to enter the bubble. Like Avery Bradley isn't going to be coming in uh, and a few other players that I'm sure haven't announced it yet. That being said, I think the Celtics have benefited the most from this stoppage. Uh, Kemba was struggling with chronic knee injuries and chronic knee pain for uh, a good amount of time uh, entering the, the, the stoppage. And he has said that his knee has never felt better, that mm -hmm. his rehab went perfectly in the past couple of months, that he's going to be able to play at 100% for the first time in a long time. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, their depth, other than potentially losing Hayward late into a playoff run, uh, their depth has never been stronger. And <laughs> as terrible as it is to say, uh, I do think that the Celtics are in a better position now than they were before. Uh, they were kind of floundering a little bit around the time that the breakage uh, occurred. And I think that their chemistry has always been really strong. It sounds like Tatum uh, is in prime form. It sounds like Kemba is ready to get back to action. Jalen Brown, I'm sure, is more motivated than ever. Uh, yeah, the Celtics are in a good position right now. I think the East is really interesting at the top. Um, I don't think the Bucks are going to do as well as people think in the playoffs. Uh, and the Raptors are super interesting. I think the Raptors can do really well. So Eastern Conference, top three. There's a lot of uh, potential upsets that could happen that uh, I'm excited to see potentially happen, assuming the NBA doesn't screw things up. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you all so much for listening. This has been the Zoom Sports Combos podcast. You can find us on Twitter at, at BRN Sports Combos. Uh, like Ethan said, you know, we may be doing some more web stuff for the website coming up. I have an article that I wrote for a class initially, but I think uh, can possibly be adapted for the format about the decision making of draft. Uh, bus and draft hits and yeah i think you can look forward to that because i have been working on it and i think it's pretty good um stay tuned to this feed for more content coming up because these sports leagues aren't stopping for whatever reason so we are gonna have things to say over the next few weeks no doubt we're still brown sports convos that heroku app h-e-r-o 
KU.com. Thank you very much for that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's our website. That's our Twitter. We're also on Facebook for uh, Brown Sports Convos. Yeah. Stay tuned for more content from us. And we'll see you next time.